Hello, I'm Liam Black, and I've recently published a book, uh, The Social Entrepreneurs A to Z, where I'm trying to bring together some stories and top tips and insights and mea culpas that will be of use to social entrepreneurs as we all try to do the very difficult job of creating profitable social enterprises that have a big impact in the world. And in order to sort of open up those conversations, I'm in the very fortunate position of being able to invite some brilliant people around this table with me to discuss some of those themes. So there'll be a series of blogs and podcasts coming out over the next few months, focusing in on the letters of the book. For this first one, we're going to talk about A is for anxiety. Uh, which I think is not talked about enough uh, in the world of the super brilliant social entrepreneur and their superhero antics to change the world. So I want to talk about that today. And I'm delighted uh, to be joined by two successful social innovators, entrepreneurs, and also uh, very honoured to call them uh, friends. So we have Math Potts, uh, who's done many things um, in his career. He has worked for the government, where he was involved in setting up no less than 34 new businesses using government uh, investment. Uh, he worked for the Salvation Army, where he ran their homelessness uh, activities across the whole of the United Kingdom. And he's currently uh, running a £150 million programme called Power to Change, uh, where he's helping spend that money to enable communities to bring back into useful activity community assets in, in many fields, in transport, in farms, in hospitality. And I'm sure he'll talk more about that. Welcome, Math. Hey, Liam. And uh, over here, we have Helen Travaskis. Helen Travaskis describes herself as the accidental social entrepreneur. She is the co-founder of 3C Collective, which is a recently established social enterprise, which is developing hand hygiene products for people living in slums in India. Uh, she's had a long and brilliant uh, career before that. Uh, she's worked with lots of brands in the airline industry, fast food, FMCG, and about 10 years ago found her soul and her heart and went after uh, trying to solve uh, social uh, problems. Uh, and she's particularly interested in and particularly good at what motivates people and how, why people do what they do and how their behavior might be changed in order to bring some more powerful social change into the world. Would that be fair? That sounds like a great description of what I do. Okay, Thank you. all right. So, so anyway, overall, they're, they're absolutely fantastic people. And I'm going to start with Helen. Um, in your last blog, um, which got an enormous feedback when I uh, tweeted um, about it, you, you, said, you said this, we are the closest we've ever been to our first customer and our first sale, yet I think we are also the closest we've ever been to total failure. I feel flat, exposed, naive, and find myself wondering if what we set out to do makes sense and whether how we're planning to do it is just plain crazy. And I think that re resonated with me and it resonated with lots of people, the honesty about the, the worry and the anxiety that come when you decide to do the stuff that you're trying to do. So total failure, exposed, naive, flat, worried. Are you feeling like that today? That was a particularly bad moment. And yeah. what was interesting about it is that those two things, the possibility of failure and the possibility of some kind of success, were in exactly the same moment. And I don't know that I've ever felt that before. It's not quite as dramatic as it was at that point. That was um, a particularly dramatic moment, uh, which came about because we started to create the financial model um, for our social venture and the realization that numbers something I'm not wildly uh, accomplished at um, dealing with could 
really show that everything we'd done was a fiction so far. And I've been working on this for four years. So a moment of feeling very stupid that we hadn't engaged with it as fully as we should have done before. Uh, and pretty frightened that if we called it a day, which is how it really felt, what would I do? Yeah, yeah. And in those four years, has anxiety and worry and doubt about it been a constant companion or something that comes and goes? I think there's a difference between anxiety and doubt. Yeah. So anxiety for me comes when you are about to lose something and you can lose a dream as well as lose money or lose more tangible things. Doubt, I, I don't know how to live without doubt. So um, <laughs> everything we do, I doubt. But I think that doubt can be a positive force rather than a negative. And I think I have a co-founder that I work with on the hand hygiene product that we've been developing. And despite the fact that in the rest of my life, I'm probably one of the most relentlessly positive people you could meet. She is, dear listener. <laughs> she certainly is. I, I really am. In this, I continually doubt that we'll ever succeed. In fact, I don't think we will. But I use that to drive what we do forward. Yeah. So, Math, you know, wow. I gave a brief description of your um, career. And you, you've been in some difficult spots and very tight spots with lots of money at stake and lots of people's jobs and all of that. Mm. So what we've been talking about, anxiety and worry and doubt and all of those things, is that something that you've had to live with? And if you have, have you... Have you coped with that? Have you dealt with it? Well, yeah, constantly. Um, <laughs> I'm a bit like Helen, I think, sort of powered by doubt, really, vast reservoirs of it, really. But it's a good early warning system. It tells you what the guy against you might be thinking. Um, it tells you the trapdoor that might be waiting for you. So if you don't wake up in the morning thinking, OK, have I got this right? What are all the things that could go wrong? Then you're going to blindly walk into some booby trap. That's my view. So mm. it's a great early warning system. On the other side of doubt, though, um, in the social justice sector, for want of a better word, charity sector, whatever, um, there's vast amounts of treacle stopping you doing anything. So sometimes you might have to put your doubt on your back and charge because you just have to get something done because there's so many people who just don't want to do anything. So just to make stuff happen, you kind of have to sometimes go on regardless of doubt. So there's two sides of it, you know, early warning system useful, but also kind of just crack on anyway because it could hold you back. I mean, I've walked into rooms where you're cutting everybody's wages and we had to cut about 200 people's wages. And um, the only way to do it really is to, I went around the country with a chair and I went into room after room after room and I just put the chair down and I sat down and invited everybody in and they all faced me and I made sure there was tons of space around me sort of to maximize everybody getting the fact that I was in a very scary situation <laughs> and 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 but was facing up to it and I said to them uh, right listen you do a job that isn't paid enough they're all key workers in homeless hostels or domestic violence uh, places I said you're not paid enough but uh, I'm the guy who's going to take more money off you I'm going to I'm going to cut your wages and um, you know that's really scary doing that but I think somehow if you kind of embrace the fear it engenders some sort of respect in your audience, if that makes any sense. Oh, what do you mean by embracing fear? Do you mean just uh, acknowledging you've got it, or how do you how do you cope with it? Okay, well, there's a <laughs> there's a sort of slightly naff self help thing which I could tell you about, which you'll tell me is bullshit. But is you told yourself that the nerves isn't nerves, it's excitement, 
and that has helped me. I'm, yeah. I'm excited about facing up to this challenge and wait till I go home and tell everyone what I've done. I, mean, I went to Liverpool once and I had to close a business down, one of our social businesses that we ran. I had 50 people in. I walked into a cinema of 50 people and said, you're all out of a job. I then went to the head of the council in Liverpool and told him I was closing this business because it was such a significant employer in the town. Mm-hmm. I needed to talk to him. He screamed at me. Then I went on radio in Liverpool and people called in and verbally abused me. And then I got on the train home. That's, but, a, that's a great day out. That's a, that wasn't that a nice day? Um, I had a really nice snack on the train <laughs> at the end of that day. But... Um, I know this sounds silly and, uh, you know, maybe it's my Catholic upbringing, but there's a sort of hair-shirted, yes, but I'm going to be the guy who does that. I'm not going to be the toad guy who gets someone else to do it, mm. uh, sits behind some prepared statement that bullshits everybody. Um, I, I, t- I, I like going and being completely transparent with everyone and sort of daring them to suggest I'm not being. Does that make sense? Am yeah. I sounding pompous? I don't know. No, 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 you're, not, you're neither boring nor pompous, which is... <laughs> A double whammy. Yeah, double I, I was going to pick up on what Math was saying. We've been working, we've been very lucky to be working with a group of MBA students at the London Business School who are all very bright and have worked in all sorts of businesses. And one of them asked me, uh, they're helping us with our business plan for free. <laughs> anyway, there we go. Um, and one of them asked thank me. Thank you, MBA yeah, people. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we've got a PhD student as well helping us. Brilliant. Um, one of them asked me, how I saw this panning out, one, you know, if we succeeded, and what he, I guess, exit strategy. So what, what is it, you know, what's going to happen? And I, I said, I don't care. I don't actually care what happens as long as we um, achieve what we want to, which is ideally this is a product that um, people get to use and they get to use it in, so it's a hand hygiene product, they get to use it in settings where, You've just got loads of environmental contamination. You go to the toilet outside the home. You may use an open defecation site and you're pretty health vulnerable. So if we can get that product to people and they use it in those settings and it can make a difference to their health, I don't really care how we do it. And I know that you're supposed to care about, you know, what's the business going to look like and whatever. What I don't about the really... Excel spreadsheet? Yeah. yeah. And we got a really good Excel spreadsheet, yeah. actually, thanks to uh, the London Business School. Um I just don't care about that. And obviously I have to care because that's, you know, we're going to talk to investors soon and that's what they're going to want to hear about. But I don't mind how we achieve it. I don't I don't mind if, yes. um, you know, a big brand takes it on. I don't mind if we have to work for years and years and create something ourselves. I don't mind if it's licensed to loads of other people. It doesn't actually matter, which I think is uh, similar to what you were saying. But what is it we're trying will, to do? I think people will see that in you, Helen. I think that... I mean, everybody gets that when they meet you, but people will just see that you're not there for ego reasons. It's an authentic thing. And I think with investors and and, and business people, yes, they want to see the spreadsheet, but it goes a long way for them to think that you're there for real reasons. Do you know what I mean? And I think they doubt people who are bringing their own personal agenda into it. Does that make sense? But there is a lot of that around, isn't there, in the social entrepreneur world? I think Mm. it's, it's refreshing to hear such... Honesty. Um, uh, before we move on, uh, Maf, uh, you you intrigued me and made me laugh out loud as you often do in a good way. In a good uh, way. Before we came on air, and you were saying that uh, recently you gave a talk to a bunch of senior corporate leaders called "Fear, Failure, Doubt, and Ignorance." Yes, that's my speciality. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, you're in the right place. So, well, I think that it was meant to be slightly. Yeah, I get the antidote to those leadership lectures that you attend. Um, I get 
I get asked to talk on leadership all the time. Courage, like, success, yes, conviction, so you, and wisdom. Well, I think the the as as Sir Martin Neri, an absolute hero of mine, says, um, you know, he just laughs at, at the sort of Mayor Giuliani uh, type approach, the leadership book, where I knew the eight things I had to do to save New York as soon as those planes hit. You know, no, he didn't. He thought, oh, my God, you know, why me? Uh, so I just sort of play into that, really. And I, I, people seem to really like stories about those things. And I, if I tell my scary stories, like I just told you about my Liverpool day, people kind of get riveted by that. If I tell my big success stories, people are less riveted. So I, I kind of talk about those moments. People seem to like to have permission to be scared, have doubt, be fearful. You know, when Martin Neri tells you he didn't know what to do when there was a prison riot, um, I mean, he came and said that to 50 of my staff. Um, none of them forgot that. That was the one thing they all said to me afterwards. Oh, it's OK not to feel confident every day. Um, and, you know, that, that's that's brilliant. I think it's, with social enterprise, uh, you know, which is what we're here to talk about, people love this idea of the big visionary. I mean, it's a sort of kind of cult now. The big visionary who had the great idea and against the odds and did everything. Yeah. And, and they seem to be sort of clad in iron. And um, I, I think it's really unhelpful because it, it doesn't exist. You can't tell me they're not lying awake at night thinking, oh, holy hell, you know. Yeah. Some of them aren't, but they're psychopaths. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to you, Liam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, hilarious. No, I mean, on that point, one of the things I talk about in that, in that chapter, back to my book, by the way, uh, Matt. Is that available on, I, in shops? Is, yeah, it is, Good. yeah. yeah. Uh, is one of the things that was a real part of my anxiety generator was comparing myself with other people yeah. when I was younger who looked better at what they did, uh, you know, just more successful, more focused and all of that. And I think as you get older, you realise that that isn't true. The closer you get through, everyone is, everyone's experience is messy, contingent, made up. Who was your hero then? Who was the person that you really looked up to and kind of thought, oh no, they've done what I want to do? Was there anyone? Not so much that they've done what I want to do, but there's lots of examples of people. Say, say, I don't know, Tim Schmidt at Eden Project, who, you know, I, I knew from afar... Uh, uh, and I think that uh, getting to know him and know him with all his brilliance and all his foibles and all his failings and all his contradictions makes him more interesting mm. and is even more astounding as what we've achieved given the ordinariness of his complexity, which yeah. which we all have. And I think that uh, I think maybe something is to do about when when you're younger. One of the messages I'd love to give to younger entrepreneurs listening to this is you can learn from people who are older than you and have been down there but don't compare yourself you you, you never know the strokes of luck people have had the the uniqueness of yeah. their experience that's got them to where they will be and comparing yourself to that is pointless because your journey yeah. is going to be completely different so, Math and Helen, thank you so much for uh, joining me to talk about anxiety. I think people will find that really helpful, uh, but I'm not worried. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> You've been listening to a podcast from the series The Social Entrepreneurs A to Z, hosted by Liam Black and produced by Pioneers Post. To order your copy of the book and for more information, visit pioneerspost.com or subscribe on iTunes. Who, uh, um, I forgot. Math, and I'm, she's Helen, yeah. Calf and melon. Calf and melon, yeah. <laughs>